Lord God, we thank you and we praise your holy name. You are worthy to be magnified, worthy to be glorified. Without you, Lord, we are nothing. We are nothing, God. More of you in our life, Jesus. Forgive us for our sins and our shortcomings. Forgive us for where we fall short at, God. Help us, Lord God. Give us more wisdom, more of you. In the name of Jesus. But we're nothing without you, God. So we're asking, God, that your Holy Spirit reign in our life as we continue to walk, Lord God, and, and talk. Lord God, that we live for you and nobody else, Jesus. So, Lord God, help us. Speak to us through the word of God. And we just want to pray this in Jesus' name. We love you, God. And we all say, amen, amen. You may be seated. Praise God. Isn't God wonderful? Isn't he the author of life? Author of life. Amen, amen, amen. That's the title of the message today, Author of Life. Amen. And Jesus, he's such an amazing God. Saved us from our sins. He kept us, held us close, never left us, died for us. He is the author of life. He's the author of life. You know, um, you know, it's, it's something, you know, when you're when you're driving on the roads, amen. And and some of the roads that you drive on, they're bumpy. Huh? Amen. And in order for the roads to be fixed. You have to get them fixed, amen? They have to have a construction crew. They put out all of the bins and all of that stuff. And you have to go around them. But you know what's something? I was driving in the car and I'm like, I found myself complaining when the roads are bad. And I found myself complaining when they're getting fixed. We all do it, amen? We complain when they're bad, and then when finally they pull out the construction crews, and they pull out, and we got to make detours and around. Look at this all the ways control construction going on. You were just complaining that the roads were bad. Amen. Now it's time for them to be fixed. Amen. And you need a contractor, and you need someone who knows what they're doing to come in and make detours and make uh, so they can take the time out for the roads to be fixed. They become an author. They become a creator, right? Of making sure that the roads are created in a way where our tires won't get all messed up and we don't run into any potholes and and, and losing axles that I did a couple weeks ago. And, amen? Amen. Jesus is an author. And when we look at an author, it's a person who writes the maker of anything, okay? A creator, originator, all right? When we look at an author, it's a person who writes, all right? They write stories, right? You guys read books? Y'all read no books. Y'all read books? Y'all write some truth. Amen. Read books. Reading is good. Amen. And so when you read books, you have an author. He's a creator, 
he, uh, he, 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 he makes a main character, and that main character has to go through trials and tribulation and detours. And some of you read the ending of the book because you just can't wait. Yeah. My daughter does that. Like, how, how why are you reading I just needed the dog. And so um, she didn't want to go through all the detours and all the, the, the obstacles that the main character had to go through. I just want to know the ending results. All right? So we have authors and as a person who writes and is a maker of anything. An author could be a maker of anything. It, can't, it doesn't have to be just books, right? So it's a creator or originator. And I like the word originator, okay? Originator means rise where it begins. That means it rises where it begins. That means it had no beginning and an author took something and made it grow, right? It made it rise. It had a beginning. It starts to arise. He's the originator. Amen? Creator. Alright? So, when my daughter, uh, my daughter is a book reader, and if the author does something like kill the main character. She, I, one time, I, I don't know if she remember, one time she was in a room, and I just heard, ah! Oh! Like, what's going on? The author is, they took out the main character, they took out one of the characters, I don't think they should have took that character out of the book. I don't know if some of you read books and they just, the authors come in and they just mess it all up. They, why would they do that? And so, and she's like, Daddy, why? Why, Daddy? I'm like, I don't know, honey. I don't know why the author would kill the main character of the book. And so, it's, it's funny how kids ask you questions that you don't know the answer to. My, my, my daughter was, uh, my, my little one, Laura, was, I forgot what she asked me. You ever find yourself trying to come up with the answer anyway? Because you don't want your kids to think that you don't know and your kids think you know everything. And so you're like, ah, oh, yeah, um, yeah, when the bird flies in and lands on top, that's when you get the cloud. Don't know what you're talking about. Amen. Amen. A true author, you can feel his heart, can't you? When he's writing the words in a book. His or her heart, the words that are written stick to you sometimes can even change you for the moment. Amen? You get inspired because of what the author had wrote and you can feel the heart. You can feel the words coming out of the book and it's just sticking to your heart sometimes. Amen? Have you ever have you ever read a book that changed you or brought perspective on something and it gave you knowledge have you ever read something that just changed you or brought perspective on something in your life and just gave you knowledge and now you can run with it and now you can be successful in it, right? The background. And so, and so we see and understand that there's a, there's a power here that the author has when someone reads a book, right? And so... When the author is writing a book, he knows that he, if he really puts his heart into it, that he can change, maybe change some lives. 
The problem is we need to understand and know the background of the author. Because the background of the author is important. Where is he or she coming from? Because if you don't look close enough at the author, you could be accepting the writing and it's steering you into the to their understanding. If you don't really get an understanding on who the author is and the background of the author, then guess what? You could be reading and you could be feeling it and it could be moving you in a certain way, but really there might be a hidden motive there leading you into a whole other direction. So what is the background of an author is very important. Just like uh, just like the movies, or some of the Christian movies that were made. Well, Noah was made. He was, the author was an atheist. Huh? And so therefore, you know, if nobody really knows the background of the author, then they might say, oh, well, that's in the Bible. Is that what really happened? No, the author is the atheist. And when you find out that he's an atheist, you better like, wait a minute. That means he don't believe in God, so I better check the Bible for myself. Amen? It's important to know the background of the author. Listen. It's important what author you are reading because as soon as you begin to accept what is interesting to your heart, the author can lead you to their belief. Why can authors have so much control? Listen to the stats. Listen to the statistics. Self-improvement books represents a $10 billion per year industry in the U.S. alone. Self-improvement books, self-help books, is a $10 billion industry. And when I did more research, they say sometimes once a person buys a self-help book, 18 months later, they're buying another one. People are trying to improve themselves. They're trying to find a way to make themselves better because they know that something is not quite right. There might be a facade on the outside, but deep down on the inside, they are hurting and they're buying up all of these self-help books to be a better person, not just on the outside, but they want to be better on the inside. $10 billion per year, and that's just in the U.S. alone. We're not talking about the world. In the U.S. alone, people are trying to self-improve themselves. This tells me people want change. They are tired of the weight and the sin that has corrupted their life. But the problem is the majority of the self-help books will lead you into what this world calls a normal society. All right? So you get these self-help books, but what are they really leading you to? What are they really helping you with? What is the background of the author that is trying to self-help you? Are you with me? Amen. What is the author's motive? What is behind these self-help books? Their solutions 
to some problems are missed, are messed up. You know that? Some of their solutions in these self-help books, they're messed up. They get messed up. If you feel like a homosexual, some of the help, self-help books will tell you accept it. There was a child, um, my wife and I was watching the news, and it wasn't CNN, it was, <laughs> it was a regular news station. Some of y'all who wasn't there that Sunday know what I'm talking about when I say CNN, amen. Amen. Um, we were watching the news, and there was a story of a family who, where a child came in and said she was a little girl, and she kept saying, I'm a boy. I'm a boy, I'm a boy, I'm a boy. And so they ignored it, and said, no, but the boy, the, the, the girl got more persistent, saying, I don't like my haircut, I want my haircut low. And this child was two years old, three years old, saying, I'm a boy, I'm a boy, I'm a boy, I'm a boy. Now, instead of the parents, that's why the Bible tells you to train a child in the way they should go. Why? Because they are born in sin and they shaped. Because when they're born in sin, the enemy has the opportunity to train their minds in the way he wants them to go. But if you don't know the word of God, you are willing to accept whatever the child is telling you. So they kept the, the child is saying, I'm a boy, I'm a boy. And so they just gave in. Okay, we're going to change your name to Jacob. We're going to give you boy clothes, give you a boy haircut, change your school, and see you and call you a boy. And they ask, well, did you go as far as, you know, changing surgery? They say, oh, no, we're going to wait for that. But see what happens with the self-help. The self-help is saying you are who you are, the way you feel is the way you feel. Just embrace it. And so if you constantly embrace the feelings and the desires, you are embracing what Satan is trying to hand you. And if you begin to embrace what Satan is trying to hand you, he says, okay, if you're in a homosexual, accept it, and you can be free. Yeah, that's freedom. People feel free when they sign, say, I admit it, I am, I admit it, that's who I am, and they feel free. They feel justified. Why? Because Satan has put a weight upon them. He has put a sin upon them so strong and strenuous that they can't seem to shake it and they don't know how to shake it until they come to a place where they say, whatever you give me, I admit it. Okay, I'm free now. If people feel like they can't handle a baby, baby, the self-help, the world is saying, if you need to help yourself, get rid of the baby. You can't handle it. Abort it so you can be free. Be free. <laughs> Who is the author behind the self-help society? The world will dump pills on you and tell you this is so you can be free. Keep taking the pills. You need to be free. Your children, your child can't handle it. Your child has emotional problems. Take all the, look, I, I'm going to prescribe you this pill, that pill, that pill, because your child is crazy and they need to be free. And the only way they're going to be free is this pill can set them free. And so now you have children 
being dumped upon with pill after pill after pill, and all they need is the true author of life. So this is the wealth the world has given us. Let's, but let's look at Acts chapter 3, verse 14. I won't be able to pull it up on the screen because it blanked out on me. But let's pull up Acts chapter 3, verse 14. Acts chapter 3, verse 14. Starting at verse 14. It says, you rejected this holy, righteous one. And instead, see, I'm reading from the New, Tra New Living Translation because it really pointed out something so, so clear. It says, you rejected this holy. Now, I want you to paint your mind, put your mind in a place here where Jesus is getting ready to go before Pilate, okay? And um, he's getting ready, he's before the Jews, and they have to make a choice here. They have to make a choice on who to choose to be set free and to be let go, all right? Are you with me? So put your mind where Jesus is, you're in the crowd, you're seeing Jesus, he's up in the front, he's up in the, in, in the front, and you're seeing the Jews, and they rejected him. You rejected this holy, righteous one, and instead demanded the release of a murderer. You killed the author of life. That's what the Bible says. You killed the author of life, and in the King James Version, Version, it says, you killed the prince of life, the author of life, the creator of life, the originator of life, and that's who they were rejecting, and guess what they wanted? They wanted a murderer instead. What is the world doing today? They are choosing something totally different. What are they doing today? It goes on to say, you killed the author of life, but God raised him from the dead, and we are witnesses of this fact. The world is doing something today. They're rejecting what is holy and demanding a murderer to be released in their lives thinking this will solve the problems. The Jews were looking for a way to solve their problem. They felt like Jesus was the problem, and so they said, Jesus is our problem, so let's get rid of Jesus and accept a murderer. Now, if you accept a murderer back into your society, guess what he's going to do? He's just going to murder again. And if we have a choice today to choose Jesus or a murderer, who will you choose? How backwards were the Jews? How they could not see? How blind they were? They would rather have a murderer who maybe killed parents, who killed children, who had murdered their cousin, maybe the auntie, and they chose that man over Jesus, a man who loved them. The author of life. The one who is writing their story. They chose to kill their story. The world is doing that today. Choosing a murderer. The Bible says Satan is here to kill, steal, and destroy. And the world keeps choosing him. Instead of Jesus. Every day they wake up and allow depression and fear and worry and doubt. Every day they allow anger and hatred to consume their heart. Every day they turn to drugs and they turn to alcohol. They rather choose murder instead of choosing life. 
The enemy wants the world to destroy the author of life, the originator. But the author could not die. And now you can become a witness of a new story. Now, I want you to imagine yourself as a main character in a book. Look at yourself right now as I'm a main character in the book. Now, if you're a main character in the book, that means you are under the control of your author. Amen? A lot of times we think that we control our life, but we do not control our life. Situations and trials and struggles have come in our life, and we have no control. The minute as we think that we have control, we find ourselves being lost. That's what those self-help books are leading you to, is a saying, you can help yourself. No, you can't. You cannot help yourself. You cannot get this thing right by yourself because you have a law of sin warring against your members and it will not let you go. It won't let you go. And so in Hebrews chapter 12, starting in verse 1, it says, Therefore we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight. So listen, now that you know that you're a main character, imagine yourself as a main character, and in a main in a book in a main character, you find the main character that have to face different things in their life, right? And when you're reading a book, you're watching this main character face struggles and they're facing trials and they're facing tribulations. But what you come to find out is that through these trials and tribulations that this main character faces, they begin to grow. Something begins to happen. They learn from their experience. And when they learn from their experience, it's all because the author is writing their experience and showing how the main character grows from the experience is facing because the author knows what's going on. Are you with me? So when you become a witness to the author of your life, you become an example of how you can face reality and face things in your life and how you can lay down the weight and lay aside the sin and find yourself moving forward because there's a new author over your life. All right? And because there's a new author over your life, there are some struggles and some things that you're dealing with deep down on the inside. But when you know who your author is, you can be a witness to how you can overcome. So it says, the witness let us lay aside every weight and the sin which is so easily entangled us, uh, ensnaring us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Looking unto who? Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. You're the main character of your life today. You are the main character in this book of life. The question is, who are you going to look to for the answer to get through your life today? Who are you going to look towards? Who is your author today? Are you going to choose a murderer? who will destroy your life, or are you going to choose Jesus, who is the author of life, the originator of life, who knows your struggles and your trials and tribulations. 
See, he's the author and finisher of your faith. What that says is when an author writes the book, he knows the result, the end result of the main character before it comes to the end. He knows the end result. He already knows what is going to happen for that main character. So while the main character may go through life and struggles and trials and tribulations, if the main character knew that he was being written, all he had to do is look towards the author and say, hey, how is this going to end for me? Because you are the author and finisher of my book. And so if you are the main character in your life, it's time to know who is the author over your life. And once you figure out that Jesus is your author, you begin to look towards him because he is the finisher of your faith. And every time you face a trial, every time you face an addiction, every time you face a struggle, every time you begin to walk through life, it's time for you to look up to the author of life and say, I know you told me that my victory is won. You said you would never leave me, nor forsake me, so I can keep walking through my book, knowing the end result of my book when it's over. Do you know your end result of your book? Do you know the end result of your life? I tell you the truth. When you follow Jesus Christ, you will begin to know the end result of every trial, of every tribulation, of every addiction. You shall overcome. The Bible says we will overcome. The Bible says we are more than conquerors. That is what my author says. That is what my Christ says. He is the author and finisher of my faith. When your faith gets weak and you feel a little weary and it feels like you can't make it, turn to the author so you can start writing peace in your heart. When your faith gets a little weak and it seems like you can't find joy, turn to your author so you can start writing J-O-Y, joy, joy in the Holy Ghost. When you're feeling kind of weary and it feels like you can't make it, turn to your author so you can start writing strength in your heart so you can overcome the trial that you face every day of your life. Turn to your author so you can write peace, so you can write joy, so you can write happiness, so you can write love, so you can write an overcomer, so you can write a conqueror, so you can write everlasting life in your life. Are you choosing Jesus or a murderer? Because Jesus, the end result, is going to write everlasting life belongs to you. So when death comes and disease strike your body and you feel like you can't make it, he's a healer. Jesus. Ooh, he's a healer. He's the author and finisher of my faith. He's writing my book. That's why I have a testimony. That's why I can tell people how powerful my author is. Because he wrote that I was a healer when I was sick. He wrote that I was an overcomer when I felt like I couldn't make it. He is the author and finisher of my faith. Where is your faith today? Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, 
despising the shame and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him who endured such hostility from sinners against himself, lest you become weary and discouraged in your souls. Know this, that Jesus is the author and finisher of your faith. Let us stand.